You're listening to World of WWE, a WWE podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to the World of WWE podcast. I am Ant, and you are tuning in to a very special series that is brand new. I will be covering and recapping every single episode of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions. And our first episode is going to be on the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. During these recaps, I'm just going to discuss the main points of conversation and what Ric Flair was discussing. So before I dive into that, I want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, The World of WWE Podcast. Check us out on Spotify and anywhere else you could hear podcasts, World of WWE Podcast. We'll talk more about that in the description, but let's dive right into this Broken Skull Sessions with the Niche Boy, Ric Flair. We start off with Ric Flair discussing his health and his different heart procedures that he had in 2019. He went through a lot, and he's thankful to be able to still be around. He then moves on to feeling like hating going home after being gone four months and he was only home for one day i can relate to rick flair feeling like that to be on the road for four months and not being able to go home and see your family and then you finally get home you only get to spend one day with them i would enjoy that time with them but i wouldn't understand hating to leave and hating the idea of i get to go home but then i have to hurt these kids and leave because this business is not an easy business and a lot of times you sacrifice a lot and Ric Flair obviously sacrificed tremendously and I can understand him feeling like I wish I wasn't home right now because I don't want to say goodbye to them next next he talks about being thankful for his wife Wendy he wishes that he relaxed and turned down a little bit when he was younger he also wishes that when he was younger he spent time with his kids when they were young when he was in wcw he felt when wcw was bought out he was so happy because he felt like he had more time to be alone with his children and he really enjoyed that time period and i understand him feeling like he wishes he calmed down a bit more. Ric Flair is known as being really the wheeling, dealing uh, sex machine that he was, Beast Mountain. So I understand him, you know, wishing that he was um, a bit calmer back in the day. He then starts talking about the Million Dollar Man, Teddy Biasi, saying that he was a great guy and he was always a good time. I can definitely see the Million Dollar Man uh, being that way, being very fun and uh just a good drinker rick flair then talks about dressing good he looked at a former wrestler uh the nature boy buddy rogers as a sort of uh icon and someone to resemble he when he met buddy rogers buddy rogers told rick flair that there's only one diamond in this business and it's buddy rogers and rick flair remembers that and really enjoyed learning from buddy rogers Ric Flair then moves on and talks about Johnny Valentine in the 70s. He said, Ric Flair says that Johnny would not get thrown into a rope. Wahoo would fall face forward. He didn't want people to think that he would 
you know, would like run into a rope. So when Wahoo would run, he'd fall face forward and the crowd would loved it. And that's where Chris or that and that's where Ric Flair got the idea of falling forward on his face after taking a bump. Ole Anderson hated the turnbuckle flip and the face drop. He thought that it was boring, but Ric Flair obviously used it a lot. Rick then talks about the time when Vince called Rick Flair into the locker room and Rick talked about his retirement match dropping Shawn Michaels off the top rope like Rick Flair used to. So back in the day, Rick Flair would climb the top rope and the wrestlers would be able to just like like press him off the rope and then at WrestleMania 24 when Shawn Michaels climbed the rope Ric Flair was able to finally get justice and drop Shawn Michaels off the top so it came full circle for Ric Flair Ric Flair had no idea how revered he was in the business and he was so shocked when LeBron James called him the father of swag and he also tells a story about LeBron James coming up to Rick and saying that he that LeBron's that Ric Flair stopped him from getting into trouble when he was little by watching him on wrestling so that was really cool for Ric Flair to hear that from a legend like LeBron James Ric Flair says if you're not still in it and if you don't want to to do your best then you need to stop wrestling you need to know when you are done and to get you need to know your personality and you need to own your personality for fans to understand who you are and i do agree with rick flair once you are tired or not in it you're not going to give your all you're not going to give your best so i understand rick flair saying you know you need to get it together and if you're not happy you need to leave rick then talks about his mountain of greatest wrestlers and he says that everyone is not great there's a lot of good worker workers for him he talks about Stone Cold being the biggest box office draw. Hulk Hogan for drawing good money. The Undertaker. And Shawn Michaels. He also talks about how Harley Race was a great worker. Terry Funk never got any recognition. And it's cool for Ric Flair to be the oldest guy who's in, who's done this Ric Flair skull session. Rick says that he believes Stone Cold Steve Austin's best work was with Ricky Steamboat in WCW. And he also says that his favorite era was the 80s. And when Jim Crockett took over for, took over NWA in that time. Ric Flair said he had to work with great people. He liked his second NWA title run better than his first. He also discusses Bobby and being a great worker. He talks about... The A-list opponents that he fought, Dusty Rhodes would book him against Magnum PA, Barry Windham, Harley Race, Magnum TA, sorry, Magnum TA, Barry Windham, Harley Race, Devon Eriks, Carlos Colon. Rick then discusses how he was very disappointed with WCW. He had a match at Star Key 1993 against Vader, and he liked his match against Harley Race in 1983 better than his match against Vader. He, Ric Flair felt that Vader didn't want to lose the title, and Rick was told during the match by Harley Race that he was embarrassed by Ric Flair. So Rick <laughs> took that and used it to get angry, and 
ended up punching Vader in the eye. And after the match, he asked, Harley Race asked Rick what he was doing. And Ric Flair says that he lost himself. And pretty much, uh, Ric Flair is kind of on a downward spiral at that point. He says that Rick, that he talks a lot about Terry Funk and how he protected the call so no one could see. At the time when he was fighting Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair was 40 and Steamboat was 35. Rick feels that Ricky Steamboat changed the game and that Jack Briscoe cannot be a good heel. Steamboat and Jack Briscoe would be terrible heels in their opinion. Ric Flair hated being a babyface. And he talks about how Bret Hart and The Undertaker did not like getting chopped by him. He also discusses where he got the figure four from, his finisher move. He got that from Jack Briscoe. Ric Flair then also talks highly of Kevin Owens. He doesn't like seeing the same moves in a match. He doesn't like seeing 27 super kicks. He believes less is more. He believes that Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker is a great match. Ric Flair discusses Andre the Giant and talks about how he wrestled him three times and used to drive him around and that whenever you saw Andre at an airport, he would make you get a drink. And that was just how Andre was. Ric Flair discusses how he was able to read a crowd really well and how you don't know the reaction you will be, but he thinks that the best reaction to get from the crowd is blowing the roof off the place. He also talks, Ric Flair talks about the Royal Rumble 1992 win that he had. Rick says that he was out all night with Ted DiBiase and that he wasn't nervous for the match. He says, Ric Flair says that he was 42 or 43 during the match and Rick didn't get fired. He competed for, or no, he, I'm sorry, he did not get tired that he competed for an hour during the match. Ric Flair said 20 guys from the Hall of Fame were in the 1992 Royal Rumble match. It's a great match. Check it out. Rick says that he drank 12 martinis after the match or after the pay-per-view with Gene Okerlund. Um, But pretty much he talks about his promo that he has after the match winning, you know, the tear in my eye. And he basically says that it was a way to screw over WCW by calling the WWE title the real championship. Um, Rick Flair then talks about his self-confidence started in the late 80s. He didn't rehearse or write. He felt like he had a he was a big guy. He was in a better company. Ric Flair believed he was the greatest wrestler on the planet during that time period. He also believes that guys who become great sacrifice everything. And then he discusses Mr. Perfect, Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, and he says that Heenan was a great wrestler during the 70s. And Ric Flair also discusses Kerry Von Erich. He says that Kerry was a phenomenal athlete and a great kid. He talks about the five greatest guys of that time. 316, which is Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, Kerry Von Erich, Dusty Rose, Ricky Morton. Teenage girls loved Ricky Morton. Ric Flair said he doesn't know why WrestleMania 8 didn't happen. The match between himself and Hulk Hogan. He believes that Hulk was leaving for Thunder in Paradise and Hulk didn't want to drop the belt so he dropped it to Randy Savage at WrestleMania 8. Ric Flair talks about getting hurt by the Ultimate Warrior and then he dropped the title to Brett but he was asked to put over Ramon 
or go to WCW and Ric Flair decided to go to WCW. Ric Flair talks highly of that time period. He discusses amazing wrestlers like Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Bret Hitman Hart, The Undertaker, Ted DiBiase. And he talks about how he had to give four gold watches to The Undertaker because uh, they, he lost a bet with him in a card game. He discusses Sting and said that Sting was a natural in the ring and that he would wrestle Sting for 50 minutes. Sting was a nice, positive guy. And then he discusses Vince giving Ric Flair money when he needed help and how pretty much Ric Flair was was rich, old, bankrupt, and then he ended up having to pay for everything. Ric Flair would change the bad choices he made with women. He pays alimony to three women at the same time, and he owed Vince McMahon money. Ric Flair then says that The Undertaker made him at WrestleMania 18. He feels like Harley Race made him at Starcade 1983, and then Taker made him again at WrestleMania 18. Ric Flair discusses having no confidence. He was surprised The Undertaker wanted to work with him. Ric Flair had a hard time fitting in because he was older. He went from general manager to wrestling Brock Lesnar because Stone Cold Steve Austin left, and he remembers being nervous about that match. The Undertaker ended up giving Ric Flair back his confidence. Rick was nervous in the ring, wondering if he still had it. Ric Flair missed the ropes, and then Undertaker asked Rick if he could do it again, and then Rick did it again. There's a moment where Taker throws Rick into the ropes, and Rick tumbles over the second time. In 2002, Ric Flair was 55, and he asked, and he felt like he was a shell of himself. Ric Flair's remember telling Vince he is lost. And Ric Flair, this is before we're almost 2002. Vince McMahon tells Rick that this is the greatest moment we'll be wrestling. Ric Flair. He cared, Ric Flair cares a lot about being called the greatest wrestler of all time. Rick says that he had it bad the whole time until he retired. He remembered having a hard time at Taboo Tuesday, 2004, in the cage match. He feels like evolution was great. Triple H told him to go out and do what it is what what it is to get done. Ric Flair told Randy Orton, we all sell. There's no size in this business. And Dave was ready to go. Ric Flair says if he lives long enough, evolution will be involved in the Hall of Fame. He will see them go in the Hall of Fame, which I believe they will soon. Ric Flair then said that Shawn Michaels is great. Shawn Michaels told Ric Flair during the WrestleMania 24 match not to say a word and that it's our night. So Shawn Michaels was going to call the match. Ric Flair says that it took 15 minutes for him to get comfortable with Shawn Michaels calling the match. He says that it was great for him because he was able to go to the Hall of Fame, have his retirement match at WrestleMania, and then have the next night on Raw. He was overwhelmed by the crowd at Mania. Ric Flair then discusses going to TNA. He says that he needed the money. He had fun in TNA. He went in to work at 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. He hated working for Eric Bischoff, and afterwards he left TNA. He apologizes to Vince McMahon. Ric Flair says that when he started, before everything, he was 270 pounds, but then he had the infamous plane crash, and that broke his back in three different places. Ric Flair says that he remembered being out 
until 4 a.m. and having to work at 9 a.m. the next morning. Ric Flair then again says his favorite era was the 80s. NWA and WCW in the 80s and early 90s ushered in a new era. He discusses how it was just amazing time. Ric Flair says his favorite program he ever worked with was with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He says that Dusty Rhodes was a genius. Ric Flair then talks about the way he does his woo. And that is, uh, you know, he listened to the country song, Great Balls of Fire. And it had the woo in it. So Ric Flair started doing that in 1974. Ric Flair then talks about his daughter, Ashley, who is known as Charlotte Flair. And Ric Flair thinks that Charlotte is better in the ring than him. And Rick says her match with Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania was going to be great. And this match was at WrestleMania in 2020. Ric Flair then ends the interview by saying he wants to be remembered for the good things. And that he hopes that the good things outweigh the bad. And that is your official recap of Ric Flair. I felt like we learned a lot more about him. He seems like a compassionate person. He seems like a hard worker and that he loved the business. And it was also cool to hear the little backstories on like men like Ted DiBiase and others. This was a great episode and I highly recommend watching it. The nature of where Ric Flair led a, led a very interesting life. And this episode just shows a little sample of that. Check it out. You can find it on Peacock. If you're not in the United States, you could also find it on the WWE Network, Broken Skull Sessions, and Nature Boy Ric Flair. We'll be back with another episode shortly. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, like, leave a comment on YouTube, and also subscribe and give us five stars on wherever you can listen to podcasts. Thank you. Stay safe. And we will see you soon. Bye.